This is Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast, episode number 156. Today, our special guest is Jennifer George. Jennifer is an award-winning author and physiotherapist from Canada. She shares with us how communication is a care methodology and how it can be used to combat burnout. Don't go away. to Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. This is the only podcast that shows you how to leverage polarity intelligence, an essential competency for healthcare leaders and the missing logic in healthcare so you can create healthy healing organizations and become a thriving, resilient, and unstoppable healthcare leader. We are your hosts, Tracy Christofferson and Michelle Troset. We've been best friends and colleagues for over 30 years. And during that time, we coached healthcare leaders across North America around how to create healthy healing organizations. Today, we coach healthcare leaders and leadership teams to live thriving, resilient, and balanced lives, combat burnout, and create the best places to give and receive care. This podcast is for the unsung hero of healthcare, the healthcare leader. We want you to know we see you and we'll be here for you each week. In this podcast, we're going to challenge healthcare's industry norms, flip limiting beliefs, and share proven strategies so you can be your best self at working at home, live and lead intentionally, and experience well-being and joy. We are glad you are here and look forward to sharing the journey with you. If you aren't totally convinced this podcast is for you, just listen to a few episodes and convince yourself. Well, hello and welcome to Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast. This is Tracy. And this is Michelle. And here we are again <laughs> in Michigan and California doing our thing, our podcast thing, having yes. a great time. Oh my gosh. Just love to do podcasts. I know. You know, it's very energizing. We get to talk to some really incredible people. We do. We do. And then pretty soon... This person knows that person, and that person knows this person, and then we got two people that know each other, then they're both on our show, and everything's connected, Tracy. <laughs> well, we know that. We know everything <laughs> and everybody, yeah, right? Six degrees of separation. That's right. That's right. We're finding all the degrees of separation <laughs> here, right? But we had a great guest today, Jennifer George. And uh, we were fortunate enough to be on her podcast first. Yes. And invited her to be on ours. Uh, it was a delightful conversation. And we have a lot in common with Jennifer. So it was like going we down do. memory lane with her. And uh, she wrote a book uh, that we're going to talk about, Communication is Care. And uh, just, uh, just brought me right back to the bedside. Oh, yeah. I know. I was thinking... I don't want to say how many years ago that was, but <laughs> <laughs> but I think what what it uh, her book just really spoke to me mm -hmm. because it was really the things that we lived right. right. We lived as practitioners that we were so intentional about doing and and developing structures and processes and you know and uh, tools to support this kind of care through communication. Yeah. And, uh, so mm -hmm. she just kind of put it all in a book and we've lived it and resonated with well, it. Well, <laughs> and, and you and I both have, um, have had uh, parents that have been in the healthcare mm -hmm. system. So that's the other thing I really liked about her. She brought that whole aspect of not only being um, a healthcare practitioner, but also being a daughter and mm -hmm. how you learn when you're on that side and 
her book did a great job in bringing that out. Yeah, yeah, it did. And, and you know, it was really a gift for her. Yes. Um, even though it was a difficult, many difficult years, um, challenging years in some regards, it really shaped who she has become as a professional. And, yeah. and uh, so it was meant to be probably. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, let me uh, introduce you to Jennifer George, and then we'll just let you listen to this incredible interview. So Jennifer is an award-winning author, speaker, podcast host of the Health Care Provider Happy Hour podcast, and compassion-focused physiotherapist with vast experience in the private and public sectors of care. At the onset of her career, she became a caregiver to her chronically ill father, and it was these personal experiences of witnessing his journey through the healthcare system that ultimately shaped her professional practice. She has since spent the last 14 years learning and reflecting on the importance of communication in our health and education systems. She's a mentor to future and current health providers on discovering their purpose achieving fulfillment, and creating empowering patient experiences. She's just a gem, and you're going to really enjoy her. (laughs) So without further ado, let's listen to our conversation with Jennifer George. Ah, Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. We're so, so happy to have you with us today. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be on this side now of the mic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We're glad to be reunited with you after being on your podcast. We loved it. We love being guests on yours. So we hope you'll love being on ours too. (laughs) I'm sure I will. (laughs) So far, so great. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, why don't we start out with you just sharing a little bit about yourself and maybe Mm -hmm. just telling our listeners where it is in Canada that you reside, and a little bit about your journey into physiotherapy. Um, So I live currently in Windsor, Ontario. I I was originally born and raised in Leamington, Ontario, um, which is about 45 minutes away from here. Work in Windsor, so decided to move to Windsor in in 2016 to be closer to work. And um, my journey into physio uh, goes, I would say, goes as far back as... um, high school in a way, because back in high school, my senior year, um, I actually had a physical transformation. I I was, I'm five foot three. And I'll never forget, I was quite athletic, but I just didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. And I remember weighing myself and seeing the scale tip at 189.9 pounds. And I was like, I had the foresight then to be like, this isn't, this isn't right. You know, this is not healthy. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was able to then like, start working out and monitoring my diet made very simple changes and eventually lost, like, uh, I would say 30 pounds or so, um, and have sustained that ever since. So that was, you know, well over 20 years ago. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so at the time I was applying to university and I thought I was going to go into pharmacy, um, psychology, women's health, and ended up taking a fitness course as a result of my transformation and found out through that there that there was a program called Human Kinetics. And I was actually like the recipient of the book award from the University of Windsor here for that. And I thought, well, what is this? And it, and I actually like totally aligned with what it meant. And it was about the science of the human, of human movement, and basically helping people through through movement. So, 
I ended up applying to um, to fit um, to human kinetics, and then from there went into physiotherapy. But I, yeah, it really stemmed from a personal health transformation, thinking that I could then help others at some point in my life do the same thing. Um, so that's where that started. Um, and then in 2007 is when I started my career as a physio. And that's when I started my started the journey of caregiving for my dad as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, we always like hearing people's journey stories, you know, how they yeah. got into healthcare yeah. and what your what your pathway in was. So that's awesome. That's awesome. That was mine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have, we have several things in common, Jennifer, and one of them is how important communication is. Mm -hmm. And you wrote the award-winning book, Communication is Care, Nine Empowering Strategies to Guide Patient Healing. And um, so congratulations for that. It's an excellent book. Really enjoyed reading it. And you um, you share many of the lessons of caring for your chronically ill father. Mm-hmm. And um, having a father myself that was chronically ill for a number of years, I really related it related to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so give give our listeners a little backdrop about you know why you wrote the book and how providers are applying some of your lessons today in their practice. Yeah. So how the so basically um, in two thousand and seven, my dad became suddenly ill and. How the book starts and opens was kind of with a very profound moment um, when I had an interaction with the physio with my dad, um, and you see that in the introduction. But basically, mm-hmm. what had happened was my dad was in the ICU at the time. A few months in, he had had two liver transplants, and as a result, also had a, a seizure disorder and stuff. So a lot of cognitive issues were happening at the time. And I was about to graduate. I was just a few months away. And my dad was actually in the hospital where I was going to school. So I would visit him all the time, right? I would be there every day. So um, on one one occasion, he was about to start physio. The doctors thought he was stable enough to do that. And I thought, great, I'll be, you know, I'll learn from a professional in the field. And I'll get to spend time with my dad, right? And I can kind of help him too. So uh, I'll never forget, I walked into the the ICU room and my dad was sitting there at the side of the bed and he was dangling at the bedside and there was a physio in front of him. And I could tell and easily sense that the physio was super frustrated with my dad because he wasn't following any commands. Um, he, you know, he was agitated, he was resistive. And um, I'll never forget, I was just kind of standing there by my dad and kind of in between the two of them. And the, the physio looked at me and said, you know, I need you to think like like a therapist and not like his daughter, what would you do here? And he, you know, he proceeded to say, you know, your father's taking up the majority of my caseload time. In other words, we're not getting anywhere. And, you know, uh, you know, what would you do in this case? And I, I really didn't know how to not be my dad's daughter in that moment. I thought it was a very unfair question. Um, but I did answer and, and said, you know, I would continue to proceed with care or communicate with the doctor or until the goals were met. You know, I, I, I was just really taken aback. Um, and that was kind of a moment for me, not recognizing it in the moment, but that that really shaped my career because communication mm-hmm. isn't something that I learned about in school. Right. So, but I, but I was confronted with right then and there. And I mean, we, we had interactions along the way, but that was my own like profession there too, right? So it, it really impacted me there. Um, yeah, and that was kind of the beginning. And my dad eventually came home in 2008 
started my career at the end of 2007. I moved back home to help my mom care for him. And he lived 11 extra years longer than anybody ever thought he would. He, you know, he knew mm-hmm. who we were. He was able to walk, talk, eat, breathe again on his own. And then he passed in 2018. And uh, I believe the, like, the book kind of just came to me. I can't explain it. It was like a sense of urgency to write this book on communication. It was like everything I ever experienced on both sides of the system became very clear to me. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up writing it in, in the fall of that year of 2018, and it was published in 2019. So I, I don't think I really realized it until I was reflecting more so at that time, but was living it the whole time. <laughs> so, yeah, well, it's, yeah. yeah, once you move on the other side of it, right, then right. the flood of lessons and insights kind of come to you when you're not in the middle of it all the time. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. I wasn't yeah. caregiving anymore. So it was, yeah, I yeah, was able to yeah. see it. Yeah. I'm cu- I'm curious where did you journal through part of your dad's journey? Are you a journaler? Um, I am a journaler. Um I didn't I didn't do that though so much about my dad's journey. Um mm-hmm. but my I have a big family, like a big immediate family. So we were always talking and reflecting. My sister was more the documenter in terms of events and things that happened, but you know, my dad was the glue. Like he he brought us all together because he required so much support. Um and so our mm-hmm. lives revolved around him. So it was almost like it was just in me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, and I'm sure you could relate with mm-hmm. your dad as well, Michelle. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, and um, it became, and I said it in the book, like the book itself became a reflection, right? It was my sure. own reflective piece of the practice of communication um, and its impact on patients and, and patient-provider partnership. yeah. 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 Well, and, and along with communication is relationship. And I saw a lot of that mm-hmm. in the book as well. And really yeah. felt like we were kindred spirits because there's a number of things in the book. And we'll have you share a few of the strategies. There's nine strategies. We'll have you share some sure. of the they're all so important. You know, <laughs> it's so hard to pick one, but we'll have you share a few. But yeah. I think what struck me is you start right out with purpose, right? And that's one of the things that we also spend time with healthcare leaders on is you just really have to have that clarity of purpose and know why you're here and what you're doing, what you're, you know, why you're doing Mm -hmm. what you're doing and stay connected and grounded to that on an ongoing basis. And I just love that that's where you begin, right? Mm -hmm. And and then the other thing was um, the patient record as the patient story. And I just can't tell you. I was just like, oh my gosh, right? We live that at the bedside (laughs) as clinicians is that's what we believe too, right? Capture Mm -hmm. their story, know who they are. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that really struck me too was um, the mutuality, Mm -hmm. that it's all about where they are, not where Mm -hmm. you are, but where they are and what's important to them. And I think that's kind of what you wanted to see in that initial interaction with that physiotherapist, right? Was right wait a minute, do you know, like step into our shoes, be exactly. us for a moment here, not you and your timeline. And right. Yeah, exactly. And so those just, I just yeah. really resonated <laughs> right, right away. You had me. You're, you're, you're giving me goosebumps, Tracy. <laughs> well, yeah, that's awesome. I'm right into the book with all of that, right? I'm like, I, oh my oh. gosh. <laughs> I, you know, I recently reread it again. It's a very quick read, right? Yeah, it's only, it only 30,000 words. I know healthcare providers don't have time and yep. it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be a that that type of book that was supposed to be very exhausting. Like I know for me, mm. um, 
I, I like to read things that are very succinct and yeah. get, get right to the point. And um, yeah, exactly. All of those points that you mentioned really yeah. resonate with me. And um, yeah, especially yeah. the piece about the patient story and um, yeah, starting that even before you meet the patient and just mm-hmm. capturing, capturing it in the medical record and um, mm-hmm. building on it from there, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, because every everybody holds it. a piece of that story, right? The family, exactly. the patient, and every clinician yeah. that we engages, become. right, gathers a part of that. And that's another part of the communication, right, is to capture yes. that in the record, right, as a part of the story. Um, yes, exactly. So what, what are a couple of the... Um, the strategies that that you really think our listeners might resonate with as well. Yeah. So basically the way like you described the way the book's written is it it starts with purpose. So it kind of starts with the provider and it ends with reflection, which is also comes back to the provider. Um, So if you can kind of picture what I'm visualizing here. So you start with the, the provider and purpose. And if we stay grounded in purpose, and if we stay rooted in that, and we stay aligned with our own values and our sense of integrity, which is also part of the book, um, you then can start to better empathize, better um, better listen, right? Be more mindfully mm-hmm. present to, to the patient's needs and also empower uh, patients to be advocates of their care rather than see them as burdens because you know, we can be in our own head sometimes, right? And, and all about our own tasks. So that was kind of how the book was laid out was from that perspective, because if I'm not well within myself, and it's, you don't have to be perfect, right? That's not what I'm saying. But we mm-hmm. should be conscious of our own well being, and recognizing that we are a part of the care, like who we are, and the interactions that we have. And so, um, like I think you had also asked me, you know, in terms of how other providers are uh, receiving the book, and um, you know, there's one part in the listening section where I talk about, you know, if you're worried about the next patient, let's say on your caseload that you have to see, yet you're with someone right now, uh, those anxieties and those worries do do block us from fully taking in the story or taking in what we're supposed to be taking in, and and I've had clinicians actually send me that excerpt. Um, because mm-hmm. they they catch themselves in that moment, mm-hmm. and it's just and I think that self awareness is is really big. Um, yeah, so I think you know as long as we bring it back to self in terms of our own well being and where we're at, I think we can better connect with our patients on all of those levels and yeah. also focus on solutions. Find you know also um, prevent conflict that we we sometimes kind of pass the buck in healthcare, I find, especially if you're in a team environment, you expect someone else to take on, you know, take things on or, or whatnot, or handle certain situations when we have the ability within ourselves to do that as well. Mm -hmm. So empowering Mm -hmm. ourselves through that process too. Yeah, sure. Sure. Oh, those are all yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of wisdom and it's not hard. No, this is is not difficult stuff, right? To your point, I think it's really just being Mm self-aware, being mindful and choosing, Mm -hmm. right? Which I found was kind of throughout the book. It's like you're choosing Mm -hmm. and just make those choices mindfully, right? In every moment and every interaction that you have. And yeah, it just really stands out. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 
Well, as you know, we work with healthcare leaders, right? And mm-hmm. we're um, really trying to help them combat burnout. Yeah. And we use a dynamic balance effect framework to help them with that. And one of the um, elements that we really focus on is communication and dialogue. And and actually it is in one of our, um, it's in the pillar for mindful choices. <laughs> Love it. Right? Love because it, 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 right? <laughs> all connected. <laughs> yeah. And, and dialogue is a big component of polarity intelligence as well, right? Because mm-hmm. it's through dialogue that you get that greater understanding, that deeper awareness of other perspectives and maybe opposing perspectives, mm-hmm. right? That can sometimes come up when you're trying to work right. with patients and yeah. And so that's a big part of our framework. So again, another alignment. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you've really laid out this, you know, communication is a care methodology and it's really important between the provider and the patient family. But we also think it's really important between colleagues, between, you know, from provider to provider. Mm-hmm. And um, what, what are your thoughts about that as well as how these yeah. can be applied in that in that regard? Yeah, I really think too, like, again, when you talk about when we talk about purpose, personal purpose, I think we have to look at collective purpose, too. And I think it really is just going from a micro to a macro um, level and adopting that. Um, But very rarely, I don't know if it's different for you in the coaching space, and maybe this is something you facilitate, but having those cross conversations and those collaborative conversations between providers um, or anyone really on the front lines um, and, you know, executive organizational leaders. um, I I really would love to see more of that um, because sometimes, you know, I I do wonder if we really know the values of the organization, you know what I mean? Like to have those honest conversations or even to revisit them because things change, you know, we've just, we've been through a pandemic too, right? So um, just having those touch points and uh, staying connected, I think is really important and in coming together on our collective purpose. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think the our shared values um, mm-hmm. as, as an entity as well. And also, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just what the, the goals are of the the organization too, and um, everyone mm-hmm. coming together on that. And I think it speaks and what I would love to see too, um, organizationally, is a greater sense of integrity. So I think, you know, we focus on the patient experience a lot, which is obviously a huge passion of mine. And I'm a a very strong advocate there. But I also think, you know, part of my podcast and stuff kind of talks about um, how we need to also maintain provider well being and kind of bring that all together, right? Because I think, I don't want to say we're patients, but we're, we're, we're all one at the end of the day. Um, so I think um, I, yeah, I would just like to see that a little bit more in terms of that proactive practice um, organizationally mm-hmm. on provider well-being. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, it's so, both and. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And, and leadership well-being, right? Like it's, it's, a, it's not just us, right? I know that there's resignation happening at all levels. So um yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the one of the things about dialogue is it, you know, is that it's really about tapping the wisdom of everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get the shared purpose, you get the greater knowing. And so it's I think to your point it's, you know, and especially coming through the pandemic now that mm-hmm. we could really lean into that to learn from each other. And um, you can learn from conversations and just make it more authentic in how we do communicate with each other. And then that 
impacts the patient, mm-hmm. right? It's exactly. all connected. It, exactly. It ultimately comes back to that. And I think recognizing the path there can take different paths, right? To get to that point, mm-hmm. being open yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Love it's that. taking the time to have mm-hmm. that meaningful conversation. We get so rushed and tied to timelines and, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it, it's really just the pause, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's totally. dive into this deeper, have a more meaningful, in-depth yeah. conversation than just kind of the transactional, here's what I need, here's what you need. Let's just, you know, right. <laughs> let's we, just we move get, this thing down the whole, you know, move right. this ball down the field. Come on, let's go, 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 right? <laughs> yeah, we get we get right into action without yeah. assessing yeah, the thoughts and the perspectives and the emotions that people are feeling before that and coming yeah. together on that first. And I think that's part of the reason why things don't sustain um, in healthcare, like although well-intentioned, yeah. I, I sometimes think that's part of the reason why change doesn't stick around, I guess. Yeah. Nope, not sustainable. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and yeah. hearing the, and really hearing, listening to your point, to the opposing voice, mm-hmm. because oftentimes the opposing voice is in the minority. Yeah. Right. And then so then if we don't listen, we're we're missing great wisdom. Yeah. Right. That could yeah. really change the course yeah. of an organization or an initiative or a treatment. Um, you know, if we're not really listening and hearing. Um I think we need to be invited. Yeah. I think that's like at least as a healthcare professional from my perspective. I feel like an invite is more, um, I'd be more receptive to that than just kind of sharing my concerns. I, you know, I, it's just, I don't know. It, that's it's, just kind of the way I see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the power of the invitation, right? <laughs> right. Right. Like, yeah. Cause then you don't feel like you're complaining, you know, you just feel like you're coming together on something, um, and being, you know, a part of the change, hopefully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so glad that you brought up well-being of the providers because um, we know that burnout was an issue before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And now it's a very, very hot topic. Um, it's yeah. at an all-time high. It's very concerning. It's something that Tracy and I think about and dream about and sleep <laughs> when <Yeah>. we're sleeping. <laughs> like, I, I hear you guys. <laughs> I'm lying awake, too. <laughs> yeah. but it's nuts. It is. But yeah. let's 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 talk a minute about the role communication has with mm-hmm. addressing burnout and what your mm-hmm. some of your thoughts are about that. Yeah, this is something that I've been kind of working on and kind of looking at. Like if, I, if you go back to the book, like I wrote it back in 2019 and back then um after I wrote it, I reflected on that and I thought I wasn't doing enough for the provider and I thought I know that burnout's, you know, getting worse. Um, I knew prior to the pandemic that there was a shadow hanging over healthcare. I didn't know what, I didn't know the pandemic was going to happen, but I knew that I had to start the podcast um, so that I could start supporting providers where they're at. Ultimately, like you had said earlier, to come back to empowering the patient experience and creating a better patient experience, right? Um, so that was the purpose for my podcast on provider well-being and support. Um, and then, so when you look at communication, so I talk more about patient provider, but when you look at burnout, there's components of burnout, like emotional exhaustion, and then there's depersonalization. And, um, then there's lack of personal efficacy, right. And feeling like your, your work has meaning and they all kind of spill into each other in a way. 
Mm-hmm. And if we can create, if we can train providers to communicate in such a way to give them their power back and, and give them some autonomy um, over their patient interactions, um, I think that would minimize the burnout risk from the communication perspective. So um, because then you would create or you would feel as though you were having an impact again, right? And giving the, as opposed to being just so systematic about things and, and having to follow mm-hmm. the, the, um, the rules, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when it comes yeah. to, when it comes to patient care in terms of timelines and lengths of th- stays and, mm-hmm. and, you know, insurance providers and things like that. So, yeah. 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 So, yeah. um, yeah, it's really like when a pa- when a provider starts to feel like they're identifying patients by their their diagnoses and their room numbers, that's not a good feeling, right? We don't want to feel that way, um, but that is a sign of burning out. And then feeling like you have no impact anymore, you start to feel like nothing mm-hmm. you do matters, but it does. And we have to come back to the the fact that because providers care, that that's what matters, um, and and that deserves attention. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think a piece of it too is. Again, your book is really a lot about caring for the patient, and then it's mm-hmm. a both and caring for each other. Is when when you think about dialogue, one of the principles is inquiry and being genuinely curious. And I think when we catch ourselves about maybe being concerned about a colleague, I wonder if she's yeah. okay. I wonder if he's okay. It's taking it to the next step and asking the question, mm-hmm. right? And to mm-hmm. checking in with people, just brief check-ins, using communication to check in. How are we doing as a team? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we're so busy about doing the work and to your point, getting the tasks done that we can miss that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've had many conversations, you know, at work where we literally have said, it just feels good to talk about it. Yes. Right. It, it doesn't mean that things need to be perfect. It just means that we have to have a space to have the conversation. So these are things that we have to, yeah, find time to do in our day. And, and really, um, we don't have a lot of that time. So it, it does impact our, our well-being after a while because we suppress. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. and it, we can make the time. We can. We, I believe so too. But we don't. Yeah. And I think the other thing, I mean, because time is just, it, it's an illusion, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, it's all that clock on the wall. Right. <laughs> it, just because somebody <laughs> created a clock, we have time. I mean, really. Yeah. Right. So we have to just really think about, we always make time for the things that are a priority and we have not prioritized mm-hmm. connection and communication in the way that it, it could be prioritized and mm-hmm. have the impact that it could have. And I think the other thing is that it's not just dialogue with others. It's a dialogue with yourself. So, you know, again, it comes back to that purpose that mm-hmm. staying connected, the reflection, mm-hmm. paying attention to how we're talking to ourselves about our experience, the picture we're painting, the interpretations we're making, right? Because there is a part of it that's systematic, mm-hmm. but there's a part of it that's very personal. Totally. And it's very much about yeah. the story I tell myself about what's happening every day, right? Yeah. Then about what may actually be happening. Um, yeah. You know, if I tell myself this is a terrible patient experience, you know, like I'm not giving enough, I'm not doing enough, then that's what I'm doing. But if I say, you know, I've got 10 minutes and this is going to be the most quality connection I've ever made with this person, they're going to, right, we're going to both leave this experience feeling awesome and on track. That's what you're going to do. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally right? agree. Yeah. yeah. I think so, if we focus on problems, we we just see problems. And exactly. if, if we and that's another chapter in the book, if we can focus on solutions, we'll find them. Yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. 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 So you get it, what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, I totally, I totally agree. I totally hear you. <laughs> and that's one thing that uh, Tracy and I uh, really learned at the point of care where we worked together in the same ICU and we worked with actually organizations across North America is that whole mutuality piece with the patient. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to take a long time. I was just going to say. It, it really yeah. doesn't. It's just, like, what's most important for you today? I only have 15 minutes. What's the most important thing in your mind that we can talk about right now? Right. And it's, it's, those little, it's those little things that make a really big difference. Right. Yeah, like empathy yeah. and compassion only take yeah. moments. And if we, again, if we um, conceptualize that to interpersonal relationships in the workplace, it's the same thing, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, you know, and... Uh, you know, a lot of providers will say that they think other people have it more together than they do because they don't express and they they, they don't see them complaining and stuff. Um, but if you actually have the conversation, it's not so simple and it's it might not be what you think, right? So right. you just have to open the space up to to connect and come together and yeah, and like have the dialogue. Yeah. Totally. I think right now yeah. in the um, where we are with burnout, it's a really important thing for everyone, all the listeners, all of each, each of us to take away is how important that dialogue piece mm-hmm. is to help you mm-hmm. make those choices. So, yeah. right. I really think if you walk away from a patient interaction feeling like that interaction went well, that will impact your burnout. From, oh, the yes. sense, oh. from the sense of all of those components of exhaustion, of depersonalization, and of, of efficacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's so. Hopefully, the book will help with that with that piece, right? That yeah, that is so mm-hmm. intricate to what we do and so connected to our purpose every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it fills your bucket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does. And you know, I mean, when you connect with another human being and it's a good interaction, it feel it feeds your soul. It can, yeah. it can, unless you don't have one. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, how can, yeah. you, how can you, how can it not, right? How yeah. can it not yeah. it, make you feel better, right? So, exactly. It and does. I think it, we all have them. We just it, push it, things it, aside, it, right? It neurologically does that in our neural yes. pathways. It rewards us. Exactly. And I mean, I when I was on the caregiving side, I used to wonder if providers reflected, you know, when I saw I, when I saw it being so task focused and um, yeah. not really connecting. My dad was somebody who wanted to know people's stories. Like he was somebody that you had to kind of build a rapport with. Um, mm-hmm. He wasn't, he was a very complex patient, so to speak. And um, yeah, and he just needed that. And if he didn't have that rapport, he was not going to yeah. <laughs> just let you yeah. do the care. Like it, it wasn't going to yeah. happen. So I learned a lot from, from, those interactions. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, relationship was his preference, right? He wanted it to be was. connected. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. Not, and I've always said most patients, this has been my belief all along. Yeah. It's not how many tests you run. No. All they care about is that you connect with them as a person, right? Just yeah. see me, just see me here in this bed. And if you yeah. connect with me, I don't care what you do to me, right? Yeah. I don't care how many tests you run. I don't care how many surgeries you do, whatever. That's fine. But just connect with me, right? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. ag- acknowledge me as yeah. a human being here in this bed. And, could, you know, and yeah. that's all they really want when they're in there. You know, yeah. they just want to know that you care about them and that you see them. And and I think, you know, that that's what I hear in y- your comments about 
about your dad, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Like you said, seen, heard, and understood. Um, yeah. That, that's, that's something that I strive to do every single day is to to see the unseen, to hear the unheard, yeah. and to understand the misunderstood. So um, that connects me with my purpose. Yeah. 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 Sure. And, and, and we can do that as leaders as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. See each other, hear each other, connect with each other as people, no matter what role you're in, no matter what level of leadership, just connect, you know, just, it takes, like you said, just a few minutes Mm -hmm. to make that connection. And and then it's a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think, you know, uh, we call communication, like we we regard it as a soft skill, but it really is a core skill, right? And it Uh, frustrates me when I hear soft skills, because I find that people just disregard that. They think it's a soft skill, so it's not important. When and really, it's I know it's intangible, but it connects every single thing to to how we experience yeah. things and to our outcomes ultimately that that happen for our patients. Yeah, so you mean it, you mean that fluffy stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> um, and it, <laughs> it's not complicated, but it's also like not so simple if you don't have the awareness for it. Um, yeah. So, and, yeah. And one of the yeah. things that we, we know too, is it's, it's really about being intentional in our conversations mm-hmm. and really listening to your point. Um, and it's not, we, Tracy and I always say it's not communication 101 that you learned that maybe some people learned in school. Yeah. It's different. It's communication, yeah. a whole different level. It's really that connecting communication exactly. with the understanding that it's going to lead us somewhere together. It's going to take us to a different understanding. It's going to help us um, uh, just connect as humans. Mm-hmm. That and, and one of the principles of dialogue is also silence. Sometimes yeah. I would just sit with my dad. We didn't have to even say a word, yeah. but we were connected through communication in silence. So, Yeah, yeah my dad loved silence, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's not easy when you're, when you're a healthcare provider because you're just so used to, to speaking, right? Um, <laughs> um, yeah. I find we, we speak too much sometimes. So I think that's, uh, yeah, that's a big piece that you yeah. have up there for sure. Yeah. 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 Listen more, talk less, right? Yeah. All right. Well, that has just, that was awesome. Yes. <laughs> that was so awesome. Thank you. And now so it's too. time for our missing questions. You know, we have a couple of questions uh-huh. for yeah. you that we, we close with that <laughs> you're not privy to ahead of time. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> they're oh, not boy. difficult. They're, they're not, <laughs> okay. it's nothing <gasps> terrible, but it's just nothing in my book. <laughs> Us and our listeners get to know you a little bit, right? Awesome. Just a little bit better, just kind of a personal yeah. level. So they're kind of fun. Okay, great. So I'm going to throw a couple at you and then Michelle's got the closer. Okay. So <laughs> here's here's the first one. What is your favorite city to visit in the United States and why? Oh, I love New York City. I've been there a few times. Um if I had to, like, it's close, San Francisco, New York City, but I've been to New York a few times and it's, it has my heart. I absolutely mm. love New York City. Yeah. Um, the people are so kind. They're so patriotic. Um, there's just, I love seeing that everybody has a story there in New York. Like, you know, um, there's just so much character in the city and in mm-hmm. the people. So love New York. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. That's a fun yeah, city. It is. All right. Here's another one. Okay. What is a hobby you want to take up that you haven't yet? Oh, um, spoken word, probably. That's something that I, I like to write. Um, 
I do write poetry. I, ha I haven't done it much lately, but I'm getting back into it. Um, yeah, I've been putting some of my stuff out there and it's been well received in the sense that people have been saying that it kind of reminds them of, of spoken spoken word and stuff. So that might be something I, I, I explore down the road for fun. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely has my interest. So. Great. Great. We'll That's we'll awesome. Okay, we're going to keep our eyes on you, Jennifer. <laughs> I was going to say, don't our expect ears. anything anytime soon. <laughs> I don't we'll know how our, I... <laughs> we'll keep our of... ears open. Yeah, our ears open. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love to write, but I, I don't know if I love to say what I write sometimes. <laughs> we'll see. Well, yeah. Well, it certainly ties with your passion for communication as well. Yes. It really <laughs> so does, true. right? Okay, so now it's time for the wrap-up question. So, mm -hmm. as you know, we you know we work with healthcare leaders on polarity intelligence, and mm -hmm. one of the great things about polarities is that both poles or both interdependent values are equally as important. Mm -hmm. But as we naturally tend to one pole over the other, we have a natural tendency towards that. So I'm going to share a polarity with you, and what we'd like you to do is have you tell us which. Which one is your preference? Okay. What's your preference poll? Okay? Okay. Yep. All right. So here it is. Personal fulfillment or professional fulfillment? Mm -hmm. Oh, personal fulfillment. Yeah. Well, that came quickly. Uh, it did. <laughs> <laughs> I just think personal is professional fulfillment. So, yeah. Well, it kind of goes along with that start with self, right? Yeah. Care for self. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, check myself. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Love that question. <laughs> you guys are great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just been delightful to be with you and to reconnect. Yeah. Uh, we have you on our podcast and just feel like I've taken a walk down memory lane here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Back to my clinician days and um, you know, just what, what I really loved about practice um, yeah. for myself when I wow. learned the importance of these, these key principles and strategies, it made such a difference in my practice. And so you're just spot on with what you're doing. And you. I've seen it make difference in thousands of clinicians lives as well. And so awesome. thank you for sharing your wisdom. Yes. Well, yes. For, for having me and being open to it. Oh, I, I absolutely. appreciate that. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, Jennifer, reading your book um, and just being with you today on the podcast, it's such a good reminder of the stories that stick with you are the stories worth telling. Mm -hmm. And I always say, I've always known the patients I don't forget. They're there's something about that story yeah. that's going to help other people. And so it, I, I really applaud you for bringing your family story forward and um, writing the book, uh, just stressing how much communication is care. So thank, thank you, you so, much. so much for that. And why don't you tell, um, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yeah. So my website is probably the most direct place, uh, jennifergeorge.co. Um, so there's um, links to the book. You can contact me directly on there as well. Um, and there's also my social media contacts on there too. Awesome. Awesome. Thank and don't you. forget your podcast. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The podcast is on there too. <laughs> it's called the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. And yeah, it's a space to basically support healthcare providers to, to um, manage stress, find fulfillment, and ultimately create the best patient experiences that they can. Yeah. Thank you, ladies.
Yes. Oh, thank, thank you, you. so much. <laughs> and for our listeners, thank you for joining us again today for another episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. We're so glad you were here and got a chance to meet Jennifer. And uh, we'll see you next time. And in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, now a top-rated podcast for healthcare leaders. Please share this podcast with other healthcare leaders and anyone else you think would benefit. We are certain that if you found value in it, they will too. If you haven't already done so, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And also, it would mean the world to us if you took a quick moment to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. It helps to get the word out about our podcast and incredible guests. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you want to watch our podcasts. You can also follow us on our Missing Logic social media channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Until next time. <laughs>